Welcome to Body Matters Podcast, where we bring to you raw and inspiring content on all things to do with body positivity and eating disorder recovery. Welcome back to the Understanding Body Matters Podcast. On this week's episode, we have brought in Haley who is currently working for us at Body Matters as a provisional psych, but also has her own private practice in which she is a dietitian and also sees a number of different clients who are suffering from an eating disorder. So in this episode, we talk on all things to do with IBS, which is also known as irritable bowel syndrome, because there is most certainly a link between IBS and eating disorders. So we do talk on all things to do with what that relationship might look like, the symptoms of IBS, as well as what that treatment approach would be if someone is suffering from both IBS and an eating disorder. So Haley has provided professional insight on all aspects to do with IBS. And if you'd like to learn more, please stay tuned. So hi, Haley. Welcome to the Understanding Body Matters podcast. We're very excited to have you on this episode today. So we are talking on IBS, irritable bowel syndrome for all of those who may not know what it is. But to start off with, why don't you introduce yourself, Haley? Thanks, Minnie. So um, I am a dietitian. So I'm an accredited practicing dietitian. I do have a private practice whom I see clients there with a whole range of um, issues. So majority of the people that I see do have eating disorders or disordered eating. I also have a special interest in helping families feed their children. So particularly with things like weight concerns or fussy eating. And I also see um, general referrals from doctors regarding things like diabetes or cholesterol, things like that. I'm also doing my psychology internship at uh, Body Matters. So I'm seeing clients for um, body image, disordered eating and clinical eating disorders. I also see um, families for family-based therapy, which is uh, an evidence-based treatment approach, particularly for adolescents with anorexia. So I'm doing my master's of professional psychology at the moment and that will finish up this year so it's quite busy at the moment it is but very exciting you're almost there yeah (laughs) so for each guest in every episode we ask a challenge that they may have faced recently and how they have overcome that is there a challenge that you're wanting to share with everyone oh am I allowed to say now (laughs) (laughs) of course Definitely. Well, this might be in advance. So for those, it is, what's the date? It's the 3rd of August. So we in New South Wales are still in lockdown, unfortunately, but that can definitely be a challenge because I'm sure many people can relate. Yeah. So I feel like I've got a lot of balls in the air at the moment. So with my internship at Body Matters, with doing my uni work and working for my own business, and then I've got two young kids as well one of whom is currently doing homeschooling so um sort of juggling all of that my husband's doing the majority of it but um yeah it's still a lot Mm. I'm hoping to get through (laughs) I didn't realize how many things you were juggling it's amazing yeah so ask me ask me in a a couple of months time and I'll tell you (laughs) if I got through or not (laughs) we'll do I'll check in with you So to dive in, I thought just to keep it basic, what is irritable bowel syndrome? It's 
basically a set of symptoms to be um, simplistic. So the symptoms include anything related to the gut function. So bloating, cramping, diarrhea, constipation, reflux, gas. So when um, someone has those group of symptoms, it doesn't have to be all of them. Um, it may be some or all of them. We, we put that name to those, that group of symptoms as a diagnosis uh, if there's nothing else that can be found that's going on. So it's um, what we call a functional gut disorder, meaning that the, the problem is that the symptoms that are occurring and there's actually nothing uh, physical that can be found that's wrong in terms of there's, there's no anatomy dysfunction or inflammation that we can find that's wrong with the gut. So it, it's more like a diagnosis of elimination. So we kind of have to cross everything else out first. And then if we can't find anything, it's given this name of irritable bowel syndrome. So would you say it's a bit harder that it's harder to diagnose when you can't technically see it in, I guess, scans? Yeah, so um, most of the time it, a doctor would just do some basic tests in terms of ruling out celiac disease, yeah. um, inflammatory bowel, doing some blood tests. Um, and if nothing major is found initially, they'll just put, put that label on, on top of it. But it can be... Um, a little bit frustrating to find out that there's nothing actually wrong in terms of something specifically causing those symptoms. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. Uh, so this links in to my next question because often there is kind of a relationship between irritable bowel syndrome and eating disorders, but I was hoping you were able to describe what that relationship would look like. Yeah, it's... um. It's a quite complex one, I think. Mm -hmm. So there's a really high rate of irritable bowel syndrome in those that have disordered eating. And the reason why is um, a few different factors combined. So um, I guess the first one relates to actually the pattern of eating and eating disorder behaviors. So with eating disorders, there tends to be a lot of chaotic eating. So skipping of meals, different um, food groups are, are cut out potentially, or there's uh, not an even spread of food over the days. It might be skewed towards one end of the day, or maybe there might be binging. So that really upsets the gut in terms of sometimes there's no food in the gut and then sometimes there's a really big load to have to deal with at one time and that can exacerbate symptoms, particularly with restriction as well. There's a link to reduced healthy gut bacteria because we do actually need the food and the, the fiber within the food to fuel our gut microbes. So often with restriction, the gut bacteria is in a state of dysbiosis, which exacerbates a lot of those symptoms. 
as well. Definitely. So that's one factor that's going on. Another factor is kind of like the sort of cause or effect. So those people that have symptoms may seek out to maybe eliminate certain food items and get preoccupied with food in terms of what is causing their symptoms. And then that tends to be the the catalyst which leads them to disordered eating. So it's something that um, was there before the eating disorder that has continued on. And then the third factor which comes into place is anxiety and stress. So with eating disorders, anxiety and stress is often really high. As you can imagine, food itself becomes really stressful and anxiety-provoking with eating disorders. So it's like they've they've got this constant stress um, that they're having to deal with. So if we think about our gut, our gut has actually a really high um, percentage of our nervous system connections in our gut. So if our nervous system is on high alert and hyper aroused, that makes our gut really hypersensitive. So in times of stress, that's often when people might see an exacerbation of their IBS symptoms and that's when they'll notice they'll start to get more bloating and more pain Yeah, when, when they're noticing that they're super stressed. Now for those who may, I guess, finally understand that they may have irritable bowel syndrome but also struggling with an eating disorder, I was just wondering what the best treatment approach would be in that situation. I know it probably definitely revolves around the treatment and the support like your GP, a dietitian, etc. What would you say the best treatment approach would be? Yeah, it's tough because we really have to be mindful of what can trigger the eating disorder. Yeah. Um the for the general population, the treatment for IBS would look much different to someone who does have an eating disorder or a risk of eating disorder. So there's a diet approach called the low FODMAP diet. Have you heard of that one before? I've briefly heard of it. Definitely the FODMAP. Yeah. I don't know much about it myself though. So um, the low FODMAP diet is a diet which eliminates a lot of potential trigger foods. So the trigger foods tend to be foods that have these fermentable sugars. So there's a specific type of carbohydrate chain that our body does not digest. So there's a few different types and these become fuel for our bacteria in our gut and um, excess of these can create some of the symptoms. So for example, the sugar attracts fluid into the gut creating bloating or diarrhea Mm. and the gut bacteria ferments these sugars creating excess gas so the theory is if we reduce the amount of these these carbohydrate chains that we're eating then we get less symptoms so they're mainly actually found in fruits and and vegetables predominantly Mm -hmm. it's not like they're mostly found in carbohydrates specifically. 
Um, so it's a whole range of, of foods. So yeah, the diet's very specific in terms of this vegetable's okay, this vegetable is not. This fruit is okay, this fruit is not. Which if you think about um, the mindset of someone with an eating disorder, that's something that can be really triggering. So we don't want them to be thinking about food in terms of can, cannot, this food is scary, I don't want to eat this. Mm. Um, so we really need to take a different approach because we don't want to be fueling their eating disorder by asking them to eliminate different foods. Um, so the, the way that we would target IBS in someone with an eating disorder would be first and foremost addressing the regularity of eating and the actual eating disorder behaviours. Often that in of itself has a dramatic um, impact on symptoms because they're getting that, that regularity throughout the day and it's an even load on their gut and they're getting the the right amount of fiber that their body needs to help with their gut bacteria getting that back to normal um, so often that in and of itself is sometimes the only thing that we can actually need to do to help other things that we might do is adjust fiber intake so that might be adding some fiber supplements or adjusting the type of fiber in their diet Sometimes medications are used, so particularly for reflux, mm -hmm. um, that might help them through getting their behaviours under control. We might take a gentle, more of a gentle approach with the, the FODMAP diet. So instead of um, what would usually be the protocol, would be like eliminate all these um, potential trigger FODMAPs and, and then re-challenge them to work out what someone's threshold would be. Instead, we might look at when their symptoms have been the worst and kind of pinpoint which trigger food has been having the most impact and we might tweak back the, the really major triggers um, to help them alleviate their symptoms but it really wouldn't be um, eliminating many foods just sort of tweaking back you know um, maybe going easy on the onion approach rather than eliminating it for example yeah. There's some really good research around um, gut-directed hypnotherapy. Have you heard that? Anything I about that? Know. So it's actually really promising specifically for those that have eating disorders where the low FODMAP diet is, is counter or contraindicated. Mm -hmm. So there's some research around gut-directed hypnotherapy which involves um, listening to um, meditations and um, guided meditations specifically focusing on gut symptoms. And the researchers found that actually looking, comparing the low-format diet to only gut-directed hypnotherapy the results are quite comparable. 
So it's really promising that we have another approach that we can use that's just as effective for people who do have eating disorders. I can give you the link as well to that yeah. research if you'd like to as well. So you could go and see a certified gut-directed hypnotherapist. There is an app as well that has been created by the actual researchers. It's called the Nerva app. Um, so that is like a subscription-based app that has these evidence-based guided meditations and there's a specific protocol that they'll schedule you in for so you know exactly how to follow it and follow the protocol that they used for their research. Um, so, yeah, it's a really good alternative. And um, by combining all of those strategies, I think you can get some really good results. Mm, definitely. I'll put all of these links as well in those show notes so that anyone listening can definitely have a look at them as well. Mm. Um, I guess there was another question that I kind of wanted to touch on is what I guess the treatment team would look like if someone was struggling with IBS, whether that's like discussing it with a GP every week, like week by week, a dietitian, et cetera. I think for um, managing an eating disorder and IBS, the team would look um, pretty much the same. So I think you always need your GP on board and a therapist on board and um, a dietitian. And I think this would just be an aspect of their overall treatment that would be discussed within, within the team in terms yeah. of um, getting them a proper diagnosis mm-hmm. and um, considering their presentation um, whether or not they can manage um, any aspects of the low FODMAP diet or whether that just needs to be completely off the menu of of options to try. But I think, yeah, it's always going to be a a team approach between um, mostly, yeah, GP, dietitian and psychologist. Definitely. Perfect. And um, if, yeah, of course, if they want to get on board, they got directed hypnotherapist then as well or if they wanted to do more of the self-guided app Mm. Mm. so there's kind of overall a number of different strategies and approaches they could take as well which I think is really good to know especially when there's such accessible apps like the one that you were providing before um, which I think would be like if anyone is even interested at all it's such an easy way to I guess look into that approach as well yeah, really super accessible, especially mm-hmm. during lockdown as well. Yes. You can just download it and get started. Mm-hmm. Definitely, because I assume that'd be, be quite difficult to get into a number of different places now. Um, so mm-hmm. it's definitely good to know that there is something like that out there. Be surprised yeah. how many apps there are for many different things, but it's good. It's very yeah. good to know. Um, so they're all the questions that we had today. I definitely learnt a lot. I have heard of IBS, but I guess I hadn't really thought about the relationship that someone with an eating disorder might have with that as well and how that might affect their treatment as well and the different aspects that they'd need to think about too. So I definitely think those listening will definitely learn a lot from this episode. But I guess the last thing would be if where our audience can reach you if they are wanting to get a little get to know you a bit more, 
Um, so you can find me on the Body Matters website. Yes. Um, if um, specifically you're wanting to find me um, at my dietetics business, yep. it's um, flourishdietitian.com.au. Yes, I'll put all of this in all the show notes. So all of those information and resources that we have spoken about today will all be accessible just down below as well. But thank you so much for joining us for this podcast episode. Um, and I hope that maybe we can bring you back in for another one. Um, I've definitely learned a whole lot through this episode and I hope that those listening will too. So thank you very much. Yeah, thanks, Maddie. I've enjoyed being on here. So I hope that you enjoyed that episode we had with Haley on all things to do with IBS. I most certainly did learn quite a lot about IBS, but most certainly about what treatment the what the treatment approach looks like for someone who might be struggling with IBS and an eating disorder, particularly when really focusing on how you need to be careful about certain triggers that may come up if you eliminate certain foods. I hope that you learned just as much as I did on this really important topic and relationship with an eating disorder. So if you did enjoy it, please leave a review down below and let us know what you thought of our episodes. If you have a certain topic that you'd like discussed in an episode, please let us know and we'd be more than happy to try and get someone on board to discuss that as well. So we will see you in two weeks time.